born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. So Ray, to me, was a great individual. We went to this hospital, and the hospital gave us permission to speak to everybody in the hospital. They were just glad that two people came and we were able to get into this big old hospital. And it's not as clean and so forth as the hospital we have here. But they was going to have me talk to all the doctors and the nurses. They had them all brought in. And so, and Ray was sitting there. And so they're going to have me speak to them. I thought, what in the world am I going to say to all these doctors and nurses? And you got to have an interpreter. I hate it going through an interpreter. If there was ever the gift of tongue, God give it to me. But anyway... I asked this one nurse right before we got there. <laughs> I went to her, I says, you know those nice big old white coats all the doctors wear? She said, yeah. I says, can you get me one? She looked at me kind of, yeah. I says, I want one now. I'm a big guy. I says, get me one of those white jackets like they wear. So she did. It was long, all the way down, you know, how they walk in, they're always looking. She gave me one. And so I had it sitting there. So I get ready to talk. I says, you know what? I admire doctors because of how much they know, what they can do. They can cut you open, sew you back, and all that kind of stuff, take out parts, put in parts. I mean, it's amazing. I said, I've always wanted to be a doctor, so I'm going to solve the problem today. I reached down, and I put up on that white robe, and I put it around me, and I even buttoned it. I said, now I am a doctor. Well, everybody knew that that doesn't make me a doctor. I said, some people think because they go to church, that makes them a Christian. Some think, people think if you go into a, a bakery, that it'll, it'll make them an angel food cake. Probably devil's food. <laughs> so I said, it, you don't become a Christian just because you try to act like one. I said, I'm acting like a doctor. But you know I'm not a doctor. How many of you would like to have me operate on you? <laughs> Nobody raised their hand. I went ahead and gave the gospel, and a bunch of people trusted Christ as Savior. We were having a ball. So then they wanted to separate Ray, and he went with some people on one floor, and then I had to go with an interpreter on another floor. And so we would go to different floors, get on the elevator, go to another floor, and we were having a great time going to rooms, individual rooms, and people laying there because they couldn't come to the meeting. So we walked to different rooms, and I had my little guide. And so I'm not guide. It was a guide, but he was also the interpreter. And I would talk to somebody laying there in the bed, and I explained to him how you can know you have eternal life. You can be certain of going to heaven when you die. And he would tell me whatever I said. And so then I would say, will you right now trust Christ as Savior? He goes, blah, 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 blah. And I says, if you will, would you just let me know? Just look at me and smile and go like this. And they would do that. 
And then I'd go to another room, and another room, and another room. And finally, we had gotten off of the elevator, and the elevator's right there, and we're getting ready to do it again. And there's a bunch of people standing there, and they're waiting on me to give the gospel. And so the guide, he got a hold of my coat, and he kept pulling my coat. And I thought, no, 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 let go. And I was trying to talk to them, explaining it to them. And he got on my coat and kept pulling my coat. I thought, leave me alone. Don't you see I'm trying to win people to the Lord? <laughs> so I kept talking. And he kept pulling my coat. <sighs> what? Me. I said, what? Me. No, me. Me. And I turned to talk to him somewhere. And then he pulled my coat again. He says, me. And he had tears in his eyes. I thought, he doesn't think he can get saved until I ask, would you like to trust the Lord? I says, you? Yes. Okay. Would you like to trust Christ as your Savior right now? Yes. Yes. He was so excited. And oh, he was excited. And I thought, I almost missed this one guy. Because he was taking it. They couldn't get saved unless I asked them. And I must have had some power. <laughs> it's the gospel. He trusted the Lord. He was, it was so exciting. And here's people that, well, it would never happen again. Because most people never go and they never have an opportunity like that. And it was, Ray was having the same experience. We wound up going to a place in Alexandria. That was on in Cairo. We go to Alexandria. And so it's been a long day. And I'm, I'm, I went to bed and I'm asleep. I don't know why, but in the middle of the night, I woke up and I looked over. Ray's in the other bed over there. And I thought I saw something move. Raising the bed over there. But I thought, it looks like there's light coming from underneath the covers. And Ray's head's missing. He's under the covers. I looked for a minute and I thought, something's wrong here. I said, Ray, Ray. And he pulls the cover back. He said, What? I says, Anything wrong? No. I said, what you doing? <laughs> I have an inquiring mind, and I want to know. And so he pulled the covers on back, and he had a pillow there. He had a flashlight, and he had his Bible, and he was writing some notes down. He says, Dr. Farouk told me that this will work better if I use this terminology instead of this terminology because it's easier to translate it. I said, God bless you. I turned over and went back to sleep. But in the middle of the night, he's working on some stuff to what he's going to say and how he's going to say it. Never saw anybody quite like him. In this one church, I was sitting on the back with Ray, I mean with the the pastor. Ray's going to speak now. And there's a lot of people. I haven't spoke to them yet. This is a brand new church. Place is packed. There was an opening on this side, and there's Bobby, another 50 to 100 people standing outside there. And Ray gets up there to speak. Got the interpreter. And Ray starts talking. Well, you know, when you say something, the interpreter takes longer to say it. And you can't say too much because then he can't remember what you said, so you got to put it in little chunks for them. And I despise that. But that's the way it works. So while it's going on, and then the guy would say something. Ray would say something, and then the guy would say something. Well, it's, it's taking a longer time. And so... The preacher's sitting beside me, and, he, <clears throat> and so the interpreter looks back, and he sees the pastor sitting there. And he looks at the guy, the interpreter. Ray's still looking ahead. He goes, 
Now, you know what that means, don't you? Well, everybody sitting out there saw him do that. The only one that didn't see him was Ray. And so he, you know, he said, uh, the interpreter, he says, uh, we're going to have to move this along. So Ray kept on talking. Never trimmed a word. <laughs> he didn't care how long it talked. He's 85 years old. It has something to say. So he kept talking. And the pastor sitting there, <clears throat> the guy looked at him again. And he went like this again. But this time when he went like this, Ray turned around and saw him. Ray turned around just when his hand was going like this. Without missing a beat, Ray Stanford pointed his finger at him and says, Sir, if you have an itch, go scratch it. I came over 8,000 miles. And I've got something to say and I'm not quitting until I get through. And the place erupted. They applauded the preacher was trying to find a place to hide. He was sitting beside me. And he didn't Ray went ahead and talked and talked and talked. Sometimes you don't know how to close. But it didn't matter. They, they hung on every word. And when Ray got through, he gave the invitation. I mean, there were scores of people all over the place. Nobody as I've ever met makes the gospel any clearer than Ray Stanford. And then when he got through all the people stood, and they gave him a standing ovation. I'm on the platform. I'm watching all of that. I wish it had been on video. And they stood there, and they applauded. Ray left the platform and went down and started shaking hands. And he went up this row and down that row, and up that row and down that row, and went to some of those people that were standing out there, and he shook some of their hands. And all this was going on. It, it was probably as long as the sermon was. And not a soul left. And they applauded as long as he kept doing it. The preacher never said another word. Here's this gray-headed, 85-year-old man that had more stamina than anybody I've ever seen in my life. Even Donald Trump can't hold a candle to him. Ray would go on less sleep than any man that I knew. He would try to average four hours of sleep a night. And he gave it all he had. So we're going to go down now to the pyramids. Would you like to go to Egypt and not even go see the pyramids? I wanted to go see the pyramids. I've seen them before, but I wanted to see them again. And so in the van, we have uh, another little tour guide. Ray starts talking to him. And when Ray starts talking to you, it's like a pit bull. He won't let go. And I kept looking at the scenery and so forth. And Ray's still talking to this kid. And the kid can understand English. Because he's a guy, he can understand English and Egypt. So we're going. And I saw the pyramids. I said, Ray, there's the pyramids. Ray never looked up. He's talking to this kid. He's going through and explaining the gospel. I thought, this is good. And I appreciate all this, Ray. But I want to see the pyramids. And I want to see that Finks guy. You know, the one that's laying there like this. I said, I want to go see that. And so we're driving. I said, Ray, I'll wrap it up. <laughs> Now, I'm a soul winner, too, and I care about where people are going to spend eternity. But, Ray, don't you understand the seriousness of the situation? And he would not stop. Finally, the kid, because I was praying for him, he trusted Christ as his Savior. When he trusted Christ as Savior, we were at the pyramids, opened the door, and not lost anything. So we enjoyed seeing it. But that's the way Ray was. 
I guess when you get 85, you realize you don't have a lot of time and every soul is important. Isn't it a shame he never went to Bible college? He never went to Bible college. He never tried to be great. All he wanted to do is just tell people how to go to heaven. He found Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. And all he wanted to do was tell people about Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, how you can have eternal life. And it's not of your works. It's by grace and grace alone. Well, when we got ready to leave, and I went to the airport in Cairo, and when we got there, there must have been a a thousand Muslims out there. And we had to make our way through. I mean, it's shoulder to shoulder. I mean, they're outside. They wouldn't let them in the airport, but they were outside. Doesn't mean they were doing anything wrong or bad. They just, it was just there. So I finally got up to the, the door where I could get in because my flight leaves at a certain time and I have to get in there in order to do this. So when I got to the gate, I showed him my ticket and I walked on in. When I walked on in, I just assumed Ray was right behind me. Ray was not behind me. I turned and looked around and the door had closed and Ray's still standing outside. One white, gray-headed old man with a thousand Muslims. And I thought, how in the world can I leave him here? But my plane is going to go. I went back to the door. I said, Ray, because I couldn't get him inside. I said, Ray, why can't you come in? He says, no ticket. I said, what? He said, I don't have a ticket. He came on standby. I thought, Ray, how are you, how you going to get? He says, just go on. Everything's fine. I thought, it is not fine. I'm getting on the plane and you can't even get inside the door to the airport. He didn't seem to be worried at all. Me, I'm having a cardiac. And I said, how are you, how you going to do it? He says, I'll call my daughter. His daughter, Patty, works for the United Airlines. And they wouldn't let him in. But finally, when I, I did get back to the States, I talked to Ray on the phone. How did you get home? He says, he got a hold of her on the phone, and she called the place and told him that she works for Delta and that they would have a ticket. So they took it out there and got him in. It didn't bother him at all. Me, I was worried the whole time. I was sitting on the plane. I could not stand it because I just left an 85-year-old man over there in the middle of, you know, Muslim country, and I'm safe and sound. What kind of a man am I? If I'd have went back out, he could have got on, and I'd still be standing out there because I'd have missed my plane. But Ray had a lot of instances where he would talk to people. And he used to race motorcycles at Daytona Beach. And so he bought him a, a Harley. And this Harley, he liked to, you know, race it up and down South Dixie Highway. And there was a Bible study that he had down in the Keys, all the way down in the Keys. So he'd go on his motorcycle and he'd go down there. But one day he picked up this hitchhiker. The hitchhiker's on the back and he's riding. And Ray's going to witness to him. So he's only going about 50 miles an hour. So, you know, he has to turn his head because of the wind in the, in the sun. So he would talk to this guy. He says, I'm an atheist. Don't care anything about God or heaven or hell. Ray just gunned it. He says, you don't believe in God? No, I don't believe in God. <clears throat> Next thing you know, Ray's going about 120 miles an hour. He says, uh, why are you going so fast? I know I'm going to heaven when I die. 
So where are you going to go when you die? He said, well, slow this thing down. You don't need to be going this fast. And Ray started going like this on the book. <laughs> Weaving from one side to the other. And the guy was <laughs> scared to death. Ray scared out of him. And Ray explained the gospel to him, and the guy trusted the Lord. Ray slowed it down. And so Ray says, will you ever tell anybody how to go to heaven? He says, not planning on it. He says, um, don't you think you ought to tell other people how to have eternal life? He says, you can do it. Other people can do it. So finally Ray kept on him until he said he would give his testimony at the Bible study. He took him straight to the Bible study. He went inside and gave his testimony how they trusted Christ as Savior and that he wanted to serve the Lord. <laughs> See, not everybody does it the same way. <laughs> you got your way and you, he has his way. He says, this woman called up Ray and says, Ray, would you go talk to my son? My son just will not serve the Lord. He knows Christ, but he won't serve the Lord. And he hangs around with the wrong people. So Ray says, all right, I'll go. So he got on his motorcycle and he rode over to where these guys were. And it was like a little hangout in the back and there's some old building. So um, Ray pulls up there and they come out there and they saw his motorcycle. and They had their sitting there. And uh, so they looked at him for a little bit and didn't pay no attention to him. They went in there and sat down in this little <laughs> one room little building. And they sat there and they were having some beer to drink. And Ray just got off his motorcycle and reached in the saddlebag and got his Bible and followed him. And they were just sitting around, so he sat down. And when he sat down, he opened up his Bible and sat there and started reading it. Well, the guy beside him had a, a pornographic, you know, magazine. And he was reading that and looking at all the pictures. Now, Ray didn't tell him, you, you shouldn't do that. Bad, bad, shame, shame. He just sat down and started reading the Bible. So the guy says, why are you reading that? He says, because I want to. He says, why are you reading that? He says, because I want to. Well, you read that and I'll read this. Is that your motorcycle out there? Yeah, it is. He said, you ever race? He said, yeah, I race it at the Daytona racetrack. Really? They started talking. Ray led about three of them to the Lord. One guy had dedicated his life to the Lord. But see, Ray was not the normal preacher. He was so copyable that if we just came to the conclusion, if God can use him, God can use us. We can do this because we knew that the power is not in the person. It's in the gospel. The gospel is a powerful, powerful message. And you just come my way with the conclusion, if, if Ray can do it, man, anybody can do this. When I went to Colorado, we had a lot of the kids that wound up wanting to do ranch ministry and going to serve the Lord. If Yankee can do it, anybody can do it. So you can figure out, if they can do it, I can do it. And that's the idea that we got. When Ray turned 90 years old, the family asked if I would have the 90th birthday party for Ray up there at Northside Baptist Church. And about 300 people came out to Ray's birthday party. I don't remember what year it was now. It doesn't matter. It was a few years ago. And about 300 showed up. And Ray was so pleased, so blessed. 
we worked together on a little booklet called The Jim Tenjin Story. He gave me some pictures and gave me some stories, and so I put them together in that little booklet on The Jim Tenjin Story. The whole thing is about soul winning. It's about telling some other people how to have eternal life. When we were going to start the Florida Bible College, this was about two months before he passed away. He said, I don't want anybody starting no Florida Bible College. I says, Ray, but you can't stop it. I says, because the Florida Bible College Incorporated is, is already, it's up, it's dissolved. Anybody can start it. He said, well, if anybody's going to do it, he says, I want you to do it. I don't want nobody else to do it. I just want you to do it. So I felt I have raised blessings. But more than that, I believe I've got God's blessings. Because we want to keep that same message and teach other people how to do what we learned. Because that's the most important thing that you could ever do. I believe there's probably over a thousand ministries that owe their ministries to Ray Stanford. I have been in a lot of places. It's amazing how many times I come across people that were led to the Lord because of Ray Stanford. Some of these people down here, some of y'all said they all trust the Lord because of Ray Stanford. Who was that? Somebody. Hank Lindstrom. What did I say? I mean, Hank Lindstrom. I mean, you trust the Lord because of Hank Lindstrom. Those right there. There, there, there. How many of y'all in here trust the Lord because of Hank Lindstrom? Look, look at that. That is incredible. And he's been gone for 10 years. But it, it, it makes a difference. People have made an impact. Your life one of these days, regardless of what he was like whenever he was young, what he was like whenever I was there, when he was about you know, 45, 50 years old, when I left Florida Bible College, and yet at the same time you think about how many people have been affected. If you're here today and you're not sure of where you're going when you die, you know why I can tell you how to go to heaven? Because I listened to a man named Ray Stanford over 55 years ago, who explained how to make it clear. I'd already trust the Lord, but I didn't know how to make it as clear. And that's the most important thing. A lot of people talk about going to heaven. They talk about grace, but they don't explain it where a lost man can understand it. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. All of us have done wrong. This is all the bad things we've ever done. You see, most people think that um, God hates you because you're bad. See, you're bad. You're a bad boy. And when I was growing up, I'd hear all the time, you know, bad boys go to hell and good girls go to heaven. Well, I didn't know any good girls. (laughs) I guess they were all bad. But anyway, God says to go to heaven, you have to be perfect, as righteous as God. None of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. In other words, When he says, not of works, lest any man should boast, means nobody can earn their way to heaven. Because if you could earn your way to heaven, you could brag about how good you are. And God says, that won't count. It's not because you go to church, you live a good life, or you sing in the choir, or blah, 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 and you give money. All that's nice, but that doesn't save you. That does not get you to heaven. You don't go to heaven because of that. God says he loves us, hates our sin, and to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in a literal fire burning hell. People are going to hell because they've got to pay for sin. So God says he's going to do something for us. 
You see, you can't do anything about it. The only way you can pay for your sins is to go to hell. You want to do that? Jesus Christ. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's God in the flesh. He has no sin. You see, there's nothing that he has to worry about. He didn't do anything wrong like we did. See, he has no sin. He's perfect, righteous, and just. So what he did, because he loved us, he took our sins and paid for them on the cross. He didn't pay for some of our sins. He didn't pay for most of our sins. He didn't pay for the sins that we've already done and not the ones that we're yet to commit. He paid for all of our sins, for all mankind, from the first man to the last man, from the time you're born to the time you're all of the sin of all the world paid, came back from the dead. He said, the only thing you and I have to do to go to heaven is believe he did it for us. So when you believe that he did this for you, then he puts this payment to your account, and you get to go to heaven on what he did for you. If me and you went out this afternoon to a restaurant and we ate T-bone steak, if you paid for it, see, I don't have to pay for it. See anything wrong with this picture? So why wouldn't I accept that? I'd be a fool to turn down a free gift. Well, see, this is free. It didn't cost you anything. He paid it all, paid your debt so that you don't have to go to hell. But it doesn't do you any good if you will not accept it. So when Christ came back from the dead, he says the only thing he wanted you to do, it's the only thing you can do, is will you believe he did it for you. See, if he did it for me and I accept it, then I've got a payment for all my sins. Christ was my payment. He is the payment for my sins. And the scars in his hands and his feet is where he's been punched. He's my living receipt. I've got a receipt. It's Christ. That means all my sins are paid. He paid for all my sins forever. I'm going to heaven not because of anything that I do, but because of what he did for me. And he says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. He says, these things, these things have I written unto you that believe this. That you may know that you have what? Eternal life. So can you know you have eternal life? Yes. Do you have to wait till you die to find out? No, you can know it now. I don't have to wait till I die to find out where I'm going. I've known that for 59 years that I'm going to heaven whenever I die because of what Christ did on the cross for me. Yes, I, I still talk about Ray Stanford. And yes, he was a great man that was used by the Lord. But when he messed up, yes, God chastened. Put him on a shelf for a while. And then later on, he rededicated his life to the Lord. And there's a multitude of people that's going to be in heaven because they're so glad that he did. They're going to be so glad that he did. You see, myself, I'm going to heaven when I die. But the man who led me to the Lord had walked away from the Lord for 10 years. And he rededicated his life to the Lord. And I was the first one he reached. I was the first one he reached when he dedicated his life to the Lord. And I thought, what if he hadn't have? I'm so glad he got things right between him and the Lord. It, see, you may have lost a lot of years. You may have wasted a lot of time. 
But there's somebody that's going to be mighty glad that you rededicate your life to the Lord and you decide to serve the Lord. Not to get to heaven, but because you're going there. Because when you rededicate your life to the Lord and you decide, I'm going to tell somebody how to go to heaven, that person will be so glad you led them to Christ. Most important thing in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? Father, thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for all you've done for us. We ask your blessings also on the fellowship and the food that's been prepared for us in Christ's name. Amen. Have you ever heard that faith without works is dead? Or have you ever read James chapter 2? Does your faith produce good works? Some teach that if you don't serve the Lord, you're not saved. Is that true or false? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me